Hey guys, Adam Splendid Sports. I'm back for another edition of 3 and 3, and this one is with me. That idea was inspired by Scott from Reindeer Studios. I did a 3 and 3 with him, and you know, at the end of these, I asked the guest to recommend mention uh, another channel. And uh, he said he would like to see me do a 3 and 3 with me. So that's what we're going to do here. I've had I've been really busy and had some uh, issues, mostly on my end, scheduling time to um, connect with other people to do three and threes. Uh, but I got a couple on deck. Uh, for this one, though, I had a few minutes here, so I figured, let me just pop on and do that three and three with me. Uh, but before I do, I mentioned Scott. Man, the card community is such a great community. Everyone is so generous. So nice. It's been really awesome getting to know so many of you out there in the YouTube sports card community. So Scott sent me this wonderful Christmas card with a nice note inside. Uh, I know I've seen other people's channels where they've mentioned he sent the card. So Scott, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. And um, inside were two awesome cards. And I sent text to I sent Scott a text message thanking him already. And man, he is a genius because the cards he sent me were just perfect. He knows that, um, you know, I'm, I'm still a Red Sox fan, but I was really a hardcore Red Sox fan when I was younger, growing up. And so were my parents, especially my mother. So funny enough, the two cards that he sent me, the first one here is a uh, from a great set, the Topps game set, uh, Jim Lonborg, great Red Sox pitcher. And right when I saw the card, it brought back a memory. My mom uh, used to have a big crush on Jim Lonborg. I remember just various conversations about the Red Sox and, you know, back in the, I think it was the 67 season when uh, Lonborg was a great pitcher for the Red Sox, had a, had a really good career, but I think it was like one or two seasons that he was like, I don't know, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, but uh, looks like a handsome guy. So I, I, my mom, I remember her going like, oh, he was my favorite. I always liked Lonborg. And then my dad would say something kind of like jokingly about him, um, probably out of jealousy. But anyway, this is a perfect card. I'm going to show this to my mom. And uh, I, did, I don't have any Lonborg cards. So thank you so much, Scott. And then the other card is an awesome Louis Tiant. Great card. Great pitcher. Uh, so just... Can't thank you enough, Scott. And um, if I ever get a chance to meet you, I will have some cards for you. So thanks again. And thanks for inspiring this three and three. Um, so if anyone happens to be catching this for the first time on three and three, usually I have a guest, but again, I'm doing it here with myself. And um, the format is we show three cards. I'm gonna show three cards that are the favorites in my collection, three of the favorites, and then I'm gonna show three cards in Card Ladder that are on my want list, and I'm gonna tell why three, three, are my, three are my favorite, and um, why the three are on my list that I, I hope to add to the collection in the future. Um, the first card is a big card. It's one of my biggest cards, one of my most expensive cards. It's a card I've actually never shown on YouTube. I've never shown it, and um, I'm, it's kind of a cool story about it too. And so the first one here is, this is a card that 
when I was a kid and I saw an image of this card, I think it was maybe in a Beckett magazine or it was in some sort of magazine. I saw an image of this card and I don't know how to describe it other, other than I was mesmerized. I just saw that image on this card that I'm going to show and it just, it, 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 it gave me this crazy feeling that like I'll never have that card, but it's just a special card. It's a special image. It's like a haunting image in a great way. I don't know how to explain it, but anytime I've ever seen this card since, um, it's just, again, it felt like a card I would never get, never have in my collection, but it's just a special card uh, from a special player. And it is the Ted Williams rookie card, 1939 play ball and a PSA three. Now, the interesting thing about this is I, this is the second copy of this that I've ever owned. The first copy um, I bought because again, it was always a card that, you know, I never thought I would, would ever own. Uh, but when it became, you know, possible in my mind and I, I, I kind of decided I'm gonna try to get one of these, I did, I bought, I bought a, it was another PSA three and it was, I mean, it, it feels weird saying it because like any, any copy of this card is a great card and I'd be lucky to have it. But, you know, I, I got that collector's eye now. I'm very, very picky, especially with like, even on a card like this centering. Uh, as you can see, this version here is um, pretty, you know, it's a three for a reason, right? But it is pretty nicely centered especially right to left. And it just, it looks good to me. I, I mean, it looks great to me. Uh, the other one I had was pretty off center left to right. And I don't know, I, had, I honestly only had the card for a few months. And uh, every time I look at it, I get mixed, I'd get mixed feelings because I would look at it. And again, it was a, a good amount of money, right? It's an expensive card, as you probably know. So I spent pretty big money on the card. Uh, and I moved, I sold some cards that I, I really liked to get that card. So it, it, I had a lot in it. I had a lot invested in it, a lot of emotional um, investment tied to it. And uh, when I would look at it, it just became more and more that I'd be like, man, it, it's just really off-centered. Uh, and again, I know it sounds crazy, but I couldn't get it out of my head. It, and it reminded me of a story, another person I've had on 3 and 3, Rob, the sports card therapist. He, he told a story um, how he bought a 1952 Topps Willie Mays card and it was a dream card of his, always wanted one and he bought it, uh, but it was severely off-centered and he just, the more and more he looked at it, the more he just couldn't, I don't know, he couldn't come to grips with how off-centered it was and so he ended up selling it and I think he got another one or, or he plans to get another one that maybe has better eye appeal and it might be even a lower grade. Like in this one here, I, I would have been fine with a two if it was, you know, or a one or whatever, if it just looked good. Uh, so this one, and I know it's to each their own. And for me, I got to love looking at a card. I got to love looking at a card and I can't be distracted by something like the centering. Um, and I know everyone's a little different. So this card for me, what I did was I ended up taking that other one. Th th this one popped up, right? Popped up and I looked at that and I, it was around the same price. And I looked at it and I just, I need to have that card. I enjoy looking at this one so much better than the one I had. 
Uh, and um, so I ended up selling that other one quickly. It sold quickly and for about the same price I bought it for. So, um, you know, it was not a big, big deal there. Uh, and then I ended up getting this one. And so this is my, the one I'm taking with me for the long run. And it's just that image of the young Ted Williams, um, that pose. I'm not a big black and white card guy. I like a lot of colors on cards. And, um, but this one here, obviously I make the exception. This one, it doesn't matter to me that it's black and white. It's just that, that image, that photo that, um, man, since I was a kid, it's like, it, it's haunted me. Like I said, in a good way, it's just something about that that is like a sobering card. It really is. I'm so lucky to have it. And you know, another interesting story about this card and some other Ted Williams cards too. On the back of it, uh, it has his birthday as October 30th, 1918. Uh, you may know that Ted Williams' real birthday is actually August 30th, 1918. And so um, you can find a few things online about it, but basically... This tells you a lot about Ted Williams and his mind and the way he thought about things. Even when he was like 18 years old, when he was signing contracts uh, with like Louisville Slugger or, um, you know, talking to sports writers, he would lie about his birthday. And that's why a lot of his early cards have that October 30th birthday on the back. Uh, because he, his reasoning, and this was a quote, um, from him that I found online. I didn't want any of those birthday presents and dinners and banquets and stuff. And I knew I'd be away from Boston by October 30th. So essentially he didn't want any distractions. He didn't want any attention, extra attention during the baseball season. He just wanted to focus on being the greatest hitter of all time. And it, that's how far he went. He lied about his birthday uh, to avoid any extra attention about his birthday or distraction. Uh, and and that, that was a direct quote from him there. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting story. So that, that is funny how I know unlike uh, the 51 Bowman also has his birthday October 30th. I think some of his later cards have the right birthday August 30th. But it's uh, just an interesting little tidbit about Ted Williams. And again, I've, I've never shown this card. First time I've ever shown it out on YouTube or social media or anything. So uh, that's number one. And number two is a basketball card. And it is from a player who I feel is one of the most overlooked and underappreciated legends in basketball history. Now I'm a lifetime Boston Celtics fan. So I'm, I'm uh, very biased when it comes to Celtics basketball and, and um, you know, how I rank players and so forth. Uh, but, you know, th this guy passed away pretty recently. And there was a lot of stuff going around on social media, some interesting posts that I saw uh, where, like, they, they didn't say who the player was, but they would give their resume, certain parts of their resume. And it was like, guess who the player is? And a lot of people guessed it was Michael Jordan based on what the, what the resume was. Um, but this guy, Michael Jordan is famous for being six and zero in the finals. He won six championships. He went to six finals and he, and he won every single one. Well, this guy went to eight finals and he was eight and zero. never lost the finals eight and zero. even, even more impressive than Michael Jordan's resume. Uh, he had more rebounds in his career than Michael Jordan, more assists. 
He was an 11-time All-NBA player, great defensive player too, uh, just a, an all-time great. Now, people, you know, people that know basketball do consider this guy one of the all-time greats, but I feel like he's even greater than people like rank him in their list and so forth, and he doesn't get talked about a lot, and that's John Havlicek. So what I have here is nice tall boy, 1969 tops, John Havlicek rookie card. That's a nice PSA 7. I love this set. Great card. Um, you know, the, not only just from being a Celtics fan and, and um, you know, a basketball fan, I really, really love having this Havlicek rookie card just because of the player he was. But even uh, kind of a personal story for me, when I was a kid, um, I grew up for a big part of when I was a kid, we grew up on uh, Cape Cod. And there was a golf course down um, on Cape Cod called Willow Bend. And I think that it was, they did it multiple times, but there was a big golf, pro-am golf tournament down in Willow Bend um, in, in, in the summertime. And so my dad took me to it. And this was great. There was, I mean, you know, Boston sports legends there, but there was like Greg Norman, the, the, the golfer. He was like the host of the tournament. And there was all kinds of professional athletes and so my dad took me there and it was really great. I got to watch uh, all these guys golf and, um, you know, meet. I met Roger Clemens, Greg Norman, I got their autographs. Uh, they were a not, not the most, not the friendliest guys. Okay. Roger Clemens was not, might have been having a bad day. Um, I just remember there was like a bunch of us kids around Roger Clemens and, um, you know, we were all asking for autographs. And this one kid came up with a Don Russ Clemens card. And I just remember vividly Clemens was like, I don't sign Don Russ. I don't sign Don Russ. <laughs> and he just was, yeah, didn't, he didn't get the vibe that he was a nice guy. I, you know, obviously he might be a nice guy, could have just had a bad day or a bad moment there, but I didn't get the vibe as a kid that Clemens was a, the friendliest guy. Uh, same with Greg Norman. Greg Norman, I, I was a big Greg Norman fan growing up and um, I, love, I love golf still, uh, but he didn't seem like the friendliest guy at this tournament. But anyway, you know who was an extremely friendly guy? Was John Havlicek. Towards the end, me and my dad kind of wandered off away from the big crowds that were following like some of the biggest ones like Greg Norman. He was the number one golfer in the world and everyone wanted to watch him golf. Uh, so, but me and my dad kind of wandered off on a distant part of the golf course and just walked around. And we found ourselves on a hole where like we were the only ones on the tee box. And we saw some guys coming off the next green and it just so happened to be John Havlicek. John Havlicek was walking off the green up to the tee box that me and my dad were at. And I just remember my dad being like, whoa, it's John Havlicek. And he, um, you know, was so friendly to us. He had a conversation with my dad and my dad asked, uh, I got his autograph. And I also, my dad said, would you mind taking a picture with my son? And I did happen to find that picture at my parents' house recently. So this here is uh, young me. Maybe, uh, I think it was around 1992 because I have that uh, Dream Team hat on. So I was probably about 11, something like that. And there's John Havlicek, still had a Celtics hat on. Uh, and I just, I don't remember everything about meeting him, but I just remember coming away thinking that John Havlicek was, was such a nice guy. And so something like that, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan for life. And so getting a John Havlicek card was very important to me. So a few years back, I wanted to get his rookie card, a nice version of it, a nice copy. So 
happy to have this one. And um, John Havlicek, he should be ranked higher in some of these lists. He Look at his career resume. I, I said a few things there, but if you look at his career statistics, I'm not saying he was a better player than Michael Jordan. He wasn't. Michael Jordan was the best ever. But when you compare the careers of Havlicek and Michael Jordan, maybe not the eye test of them playing. Havlicek didn't dunk from the free throw line and he didn't do a lot of the things Michael Jordan could do, but he had a great, great career that there weren't too many players that had better careers than that. All right, so card number three. Actually, uh, I'm going to cheat because there's two cards that are going to take the place of number three. Um, so another quick story. I've mentioned it before, but um, my love for collecting Mickey Mantle cards came from um, my dad. He wasn't a big card guy. He uh, was more just a sports fan. He was a Mickey Mantle fan, as many kids were his age, uh, growing up in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, he went to, his father took him to Yankee Stadium when he was a kid, and he got to go down low on the field, and, and he saw, saw Mickey Mantle up close. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, just a, he was a big Mantle fan, and um, he did, his famous story that I've heard so many times, is that he did have Mickey Mantle cards when he was a kid. And they were, he said, you know, and I believe it because knowing my dad, he's very uh, organized and he takes care of his things. He didn't, he didn't put his cards in bike spokes. He had, uh, according to him, he had Mickey Mantle cards that were in really great condition. He took very good care of them. So, um, of course, like, like a lot of the kids his age, when my dad went off to uh, be in the service, from like 65 to 69, his Mickey Mantle cards disappeared. Whether his mom threw them out or, um, you know, she gave them away or something. We just know those cards weren't in the house when we looked for them when I was a kid. We used to go up to his old house and look in the attic and we never found them. So, um, but we would talk and I would ask him, well, what ones did you have? And again, he's, he was never a big card guy. He didn't collect, he collected cards when he was a kid and that was it. Um, but cards was the way that I kind of connected with Mantle and a lot of the players of that era that I, I loved hearing the stories about. Uh, so, but he, the, there was only two that he could remember. He thinks he had more, but he knows he had the, he, in his words, the one where, where uh, Mantle was in a TV screen. Okay, 55 Bowman. And he knows he had the one where Mantle was diving over the, the fence trying to make a catch, 56 tops. So when I you know, finally was able to afford some Mickey Mantle cards. The first two that I went and, and bought, and this was probably maybe five, six, seven years ago, were those two cards. So here they are. We got 55 Bowman and a 56 Tops. Both in a PSA 6, some old school labels on there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I love these cards, you know, even without the, my dad connection to it. Um, but when you combine that, you know, these were the cards that he know, he had when he was a kid and um, they got away from him. Uh, it, it's cool. To, it was cool to be able to go back and, and get these. So these were the two first Mantle cards I ever got. And it was cool to actually show them to my dad, you know, uh, several years back when I got these having my dad over my house and, and saying, hey, were these, the, were these the cars that you had? Um, and he said, yep, they were. <laughs> so I could see his eyes light up when he saw them. So it was a cool moment. And um, two cards that are just 
favorites in my collection for so many reasons and um, really feel lucky to have them. All right, so those are my technically four, but we'll call it three of the three and three. Uh, all right, so now what we're going to do is we're going to look at three cards on my want list and we're going to, I'm going to talk about why. So the first one I already have pulled up here in Card Ladder. And as you can see, it is the 1954 Topps Ernie Banks card. This is a PSA 4, um, which, you know, again, with, with vintage cards, grade is not what drives me. It's just the look of the card. Um, like I was talking about earlier with that Ted Williams play ball. If I can look at the card over and over and I just, it, I love the way it looks, then that's the card for me, regardless of if it's a, a 2 or a 7. It, do, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and, and I'd rather have a lower grade if I like if I like the way it looks. So that's that's kind of the way I've been going with with um, vintage cards lately. Like I've seen a lot of people go in that direction too. So the reason I I want to add this card, other than that it's Ernie Banks, it's his rookie card, it's an awesome card, legendary card, uh, is because the way I'm directing my collection now. I mentioned I've I've been selling some cards, uh, kind of you know not really consolidating as much as branching out a little bit. I, I, up until recently, have been very heavy on a few players in my vintage baseball card collection. Um, heavy with Mickey Mantle, which I'm going to stick, I'm going to stay with that. I'm going to, you know, the more Mantles I can get, the better. Uh, and I'm on a pretty good run there. Uh, but other players that, you know, I, I've always been a fan of their story and their careers, uh, like Ted Williams, Stan Musial, Willie Mays. I have or had uh, a lot of their cards, but not like I'm never going to make the complete run. So my thinking is what I want to try to do with, with vintage baseball is get like maybe one or two of my favorite of their cards. doesn't have to be the rookie cards. In this case, it will be hopefully. But, um, you know, players like <clears throat> Roy Campanella, Ernie Banks, Eddie Matthews, um, you know, Satchel Page. There, there's players that I, I don't have any of their cards, uh, and I want to, for my collection, have at least one of, of what I consider to be my favorite of their cards. Um, so this, this would be the Ernie Banks card that I want to get, and uh, it's, a, it's a real tough card. It's a tough card to find. I don't need it to be like perfectly centered because with the white background, for some reason, for me, it, the centering doesn't really pop as much as some of these cards that have like a white border. Um, you know, with the white background, it kind of blends in a little bit with the border. So uh, I would like just, you know, a nice, like this copy here, I would, I'd be happy with that. So it, it, this one last sold uh, December 4th, so not, not that long ago, a few days back for $1,231. So it's a little pricey card, but... Uh, if I can get a nice looking copy for, you know, in this range, whether it's a three or a four, I'd be very happy with that. And this is not a card that's like hard to come by. There's always, you could always find one for sale. It's just a matter of like finding the right copy in your price range that you want to spend that looks okay enough that you'll be happy with it. So this is a, a card that I hope in the not too distant future, maybe in the next year, uh, to be able to add to the collection. And this will check that Ernie Banks box. Um, so and not only players, but also sets. I'm trying to uh, 
branch out in the sets too because like there's just certain sets that I think are just awesome. I love them. And um, I don't I don't have a card from those sets. I, I don't need to get a card from every set, but um, some of the ones that like I've I've written down and, and have a list of some of the sets <clears throat> and um, coming up are two of those that I want to at least have uh, a card in that set. And if I can get it where I can check two boxes where it's a, you know, a set that I wanted to get a card from and the player in one, perfect. So that's what I'm going to hopefully try to do. I already have a 54 tops. I have a Ted Williams. So I have this set covered, but not Ernie Banks. So this would be the one there. Uh, the next card, let me pull up, is from a big set that I currently do not have any graded cards from. I have some, some, uh, some ungraded ones, but I want to look at the, this is a big one. This is a big one and another card Okay, so what we have here is the most, I don't know what that is. Let's get a different one there. Um, I thought it was SGC, but it's some other weird grading company. We'll go here. All right, so what we have here is the most expensive Topps rookie card from another player that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition, gets a little overlooked in history is Eddie Matthews, the 1952 Tops Eddie Matthews rookie card. This here is a, this would be, so this is the thing, 1952 Tops. Give me a, give me a copy that is even decently centered, that has, you know, like this one here. It's a $5,000 card. It sold in November for 5,000 bucks. Really expensive. Uh, the most expensive Tops rookie card, like I said, but this would check two boxes for me. It would check the 1952 Tops box where, uh, I would be able to have a card, nice card from uh, that set. And also Eddie Matthews, what I consider his best card, my favorite card of his, his uh, Topps rookie card here. So this is probably not something I'll get soon, uh, but this is something on the, I guess, longer term want list that I hope to get maybe in the next, you know, couple years, few years if I can. If, uh, man, if prices can come down a little bit, that would be nice on these, but... I don't know if that will happen, but this would be, this is a dream card of mine. Another one of those cards that I feel like it's overlooked. I've been watching, I watched a few shows on YouTube recently about um, the 1952 top set and they did not even mention the Eddie Matthews card. They mentioned obviously the mantle and the maze and the, the Jackie Robinson, of course. I mean, those are legendary cards, but to not even mention that the most expensive rookie card Topps rookie card ever is in that set of an all-time great Hall of Famer, Eddie Matthews. Um, you know, it, it, it just kind of reinforced that, yes, this guy is overlooked. Maybe not by some of you, but I think by the overall hobby, this guy is definitely overlooked. And this card is overlooked. Um, I hope it doesn't go up in price, but if it did go up in price even further, I would think it, I would say, yeah, it deserves to go up in price. I hope it doesn't, though, before I can buy it. So that's number two. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the third card, still along those same lines, this would check two boxes for me. Uh, it is a really big card. And this one here, this would be out of my price range. But 
It is the 1933 Gaudi Lou Gehrig. This was a PSA 3 that sold for $8,100 uh, on December 4th on PWCC weekly auction. Uh, and this is a nice looking 3. So I do not have any Lou Gehrig playing days cards. So that's something on my list that I want it, that I want to get. And I don't have any Gaudi cards at all. I don't have any Gaudi cards, uh, let alone the 33 Gaudi set. So this would, <clears throat> this would check a box on, on both things. It would, it would give me a card in a set that I want to have a card from and a player that I want to have one of his cards from. So again, another card that I probably won't be able to swing anytime soon, but um, if I can in the next couple years, this would be outstanding. I'm going to have to move some cards. I'm going to have to sell some Stan Musials and maybe some Ted Williams and maybe some Willie Mays cards uh, because, I, like I said, I have, I have more of their cards than um, I'm probably looking to have in the long run. I just want to have a few of their, in my opinion, best or my favorite cards of theirs. So if I can sell some of those and pump that money into a nice 33 Gaudi Lou Gehrig, uh, that would be great. And I just... I don't need to tell why Lou Gehrig is such a legend and transcends even baseball. Uh, but in this set as well, it's just, I love action shots. Um, give me an action shot card all day over a portrait card if I have the choice. And this here is just an awesome action shot of, of Gehrig. So this is a, a dream card and, and definitely one of the three here. So there we go. Those are three. And I usually close the show, I ask my guests to uh, recommend a couple or at least one channel that you think would be interested in doing a three and three. But what I'm going to do here, uh, I have two, two guys that I've actually been going back and forth with. And, and it's on me mostly that um, I haven't been able to schedule three and three. I've been real busy with, with work and um, just haven't had the time to coordinate with these two guys. But the next two that I'm gonna do three and threes with, uh, hopefully next week, is Orlando from A Collector's Dream. I've been really looking forward to doing a three and three with him. I, I have been watching a lot of his videos and I'm a fan of his channel and his, obviously his uh, outstanding collection. Uh, I didn't know about him until I saw him with James, James Elite Hunters um, a few months back. So I uh, appreciate James having him on because I discovered Orlando's channel. And since then, uh, been wanted to have him on for three and three, and we've been communicating back and forth. So Orlando, I'm gonna try to schedule something with you next week. That would be awesome if we could do that. Uh, and the other one is my buddy Jeff from uh, Bowman 1951. Great YouTube channel, and um, you know he just does a lot in the hobby. He runs card shows, and uh, he was actually my first my first buddy in in, in sports cards last uh, maybe a year and a half ago or whatever. Um, I went on his channel and we talked Tom Brady cards and, you know, we've been uh, just kind of communicating back and forth since then. He's a great guy and um, been long overdue to have him on a three and three. We, we've had it scheduled a couple times, but we've both had to cancel last minute for various reasons. We both got young kids. So when you when you have two guys that have young kids and, and busy jobs and so forth, it's tough, but we're going to do it. Jeff, uh, hopefully next week or the week after. We're going to do that three and three where we're going to talk vintage baseball, uh, some maybe some Tom Brady cards, 
uh, he's like me where he collects multiple sports and not just vintage, but he collects, you know, modern cards too. So looking forward to doing those two. Everyone watching, I appreciate you watching. And um, it's been a really fun year here as we're getting towards the end of it. I look forward to, I got some cool things on tap. One of the things I'm really excited about is my good buddy Dylan from Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. He and I, uh, again, hopefully next week or the week after, we're going to start our show, which we're going to do. Um, we're going to start it. We're going to do like every two weeks because, again, we're, you know, it's tough. It's tough to coordinate with someone else. And um, I think every two weeks would be good. We'll see where it goes from there. But every two weeks, we're going to do a show called Turn Back the Clock. And on the first episode, we'll, we'll go more into why we name it that and what the show is going to be. But basically, it's going to be me and my buddy Dylan, uh, maybe for a half hour show, something like that. We're going we're gonna to pop on and, um, you know, talk about some interesting topics and, and uh, go back in time and look at some things and uh, also talk about some current and future hobby stuff. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And um, the most fun I have is when I can talk with someone else on these. You know, this was fun, but I really enjoy it more when I have a guest. But hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed. I appreciate you watching and I'll be back soon.